Hey guys, this is Parrish Alford. I'm excited to tell you about a new initiative at the Daily Journal as we dive deep into some great stories, old and new, with long-form podcasting. You'll hear from players and coaches who made a difference at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, as well as other big names around the Southern College Athletics landscape. Make sure to follow Justify Your Existence wherever you get your podcasts. I'm joined today by Chris Stratton, former Tupelo High, former Mississippi State, and currently with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, home for a little bit. Chris, how are you, man? Uh, good. Still trying to recover from that drive back, 12-hour uh, drive back. But overall, um, it was good, and uh, just happy to be home with my family. It's been a long time since I've seen them. I, I know you are. I know the, the season is very demanding. I want to talk about uh, – your season here in a bit and, and a new role for you that, that I was reading about. But, uh, and first, tell me a little bit about the last uh, year and a half, uh, just COVID baseball last year, uh, pitching before no fans, uh, restrictions around the ballpark. What what was all that like for you? Um, I, I guess the best way to describe it is kind of when you go into pitch, you don't really notice the crowd. Um, you just kind of get focused in on what you're – you know, your task at hand is. And uh, that COVID year, you could definitely tell that there were no fans in the stands. And I don't know why uh, it just would come to your attention. They tried to pipe in crowd noise and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I definitely missed having them there. And uh, that energy that they bring um, really helps baseball be a special game. So has it just been nice just to have them back? Uh, what was it like for Pittsburgh this year? Did they kind of build up to – a? a hundred percent at home games or, or what did you see? Yeah, I believe it was in July when they finally uh, opened it all the way up. I think that's about when everybody else did, but uh, it was a slow progression, uh, you know, 50% capacity and, and so on. But uh, like I said, I was happy to have uh, the fans back in there and to, to be able to, you know, kind of feed on them sometimes uh, while you're pitching. Well, you were obviously a big part of this relationship between Mississippi State baseball and its fan base. So you you experienced that. What's the relationship like these days between fans and MLB players? I mean, do you guys still sign autographs during batting practice? You know, what's all that look like? Yeah, well, it's hard to compare uh, Mississippi State to uh, the big leagues in that regard. Just the fans and at Mississippi State are so special. Um, I just feel like the connection they have with their players and the pride they have in, you know, in the stadium and their team and, and being loud, uh, it's hard to duplicate that. Um, you know, the further along you go in baseball, the more of the business side that you see about it. And, uh, you know, you still have to try to remind yourself that it's just a kid's game and that's, that's the way that we like to approach it on the team and uh, just to have a good time. But uh, at the same time, like I said, it's it's hard to duplicate what uh, Mississippi State has, and you know, Ole Miss for that for that matter. Yeah. Chris, that kind of leads me into something else here. Now, is is this was your seventh year, sixth year? What, what was what year for for you uh, in MLB this season? Uh, let's see. Uh, I made it up in 2016, 19, 20, 21. So six six, six years. parts of my sixth season. Okay. And, and I think about four different teams. Is that what – there was a little bit of time with the Blue Jays in there. Uh, the uh, Just three. Just three? Yeah. Talk to me about that a little bit now. 
um, the movement of players. I, I know, as you mentioned, you you have to separate this, and you, you think business sometime, and you think uh, the the beauty of the game sometime. Uh, is it hard to develop a, a loyalty with a team when uh, when you might be moving? Um, I don't know. That's a really tough question. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing is like we just I mean, we just left, I guess it was three days ago. We had our last game of the year and you're saying goodbye to all these guys that you've played with and gone to battle with all season. And there's a good chance about half those guys I'll never see again the rest of my life. And, and that's just a, a hard reality sometimes because you build a lot of friendships. And um, it, it's just the, it's the weird part of the game that nobody really talks about. And it's, uh, it's, not, it's not the fun part, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, still try to keep up with all the guys that you play with. And, you know, more times than not, there'll be a guy that plays on another team. You'll uh, pass him by. You'll get to talk to him or whatnot. But – um, like you said, the, the loyalty thing, I, I think it's just a lot different now than it used to be in the past. What is your personal situation like with the Pirates? I mean, do you think that uh, you could be there for a few seasons, maybe longer, if I go out and buy a Chris Stratton Pirates jersey mm -hmm. current next year? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I really enjoy my time in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's just a little bit, a little bit bigger Mississippi town. I've, there's a lot of hardworking people there, and uh, they definitely take a lot of pride in their sports teams. They're the only uh, only team, or they're the only uh, franchises that have the same colors for, you know, their NHL team, their NFL team, and their MLB team. So uh, they take a lot of pride in that. And um, yeah, I mean, would I love to be there? Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's just kind of a business and you just kind of have to roll with whatever's presented in front of you. I had never thought about the color scheme there for the Pittsburgh teams, but yeah, I, I see that now. Um, how do people, uh, the fans in Pittsburgh, man, is, is it, is it big Steelers town or do you, is it kind of, uh, equally shared the love there with the, the pirates and the penguins, uh, how do the fans feel there? Um, I think that they're great fans, to be honest with you. Um, I think the Steelers probably have the upper hand uh, on everybody. Just uh, I know that one of the uh, one of the guys on our team, David Bednar, his uh, his brother's Will Bednar, that pitched at Mississippi State, but uh, he said his uncle's been on the season pass list since he was eighteen, and I think he's fifty-one now, and he has had no luck. So. Um, it's just one of those things that everybody really enjoys doing. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still haven't gotten a chance to go to a game yet, but uh, hopefully I can get to one uh, for them. Well, that, that is interesting. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh, they have this reputation of being kind of kind of nasty and, and whatnot. <laughs> Different part of the state, I think, uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Uh, hey, talk to me about your season this year. Uh, as I was kind of looking toward the end, it seems like you moved into a, a closer's role and, and had some success with that. Uh, um, was was that new for you? I don't remember uh, hearing about you as a closer before. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like I've been all over the map uh, pitching. I've uh, been a starter. I've uh, been a long reliever, which you just kind of come in in any situation in the game and try to eat innings. I've been uh, higher leverage situations in the seventh and eighth, and then actually closed some games as well. Um, I think it was just kind of out of necessity at the time. 
uh, being a closer. Uh, we had uh, David Bednar is probably going to be our closer in the future. So um, he ended up going down with an injury for a little bit. Um, so I kind of got pushed in that role with all the trades and, and injuries. And, um, you know, though, at the end of the day, I want to be as consistent. And hopefully every time that I go out there, the, the manager knows what he's going to get out of me each night. And um, like I said, just go out there compete and have a good time. Well, uh, from what I've read, you've you've pitched in a lot of different roles, and you mentioned uh, starting pitching. You obviously were a starter uh, at Mississippi State. Um, how did you? And, and lots of guys move into different roles when they change levels. But how did you get into uh, relief pitching? And did you resist that at first? What did you think about that move? Um, well, I was a starter with the Giants uh, when I originally came up. And then when I first broke into the big leagues, actually was in long relief because we had five uh, stud starting pitchers at the time and uh, they needed some help out of the pen to get some innings. And so uh, my first taste of the big leagues was actually in long relief. Um, then the following years, you know, started to get some starts and uh, did pretty well and ended up getting traded um, after the 2018 season. So 2019 and spring training the day before we, uh, start the season, I got traded to the Angels just because there wasn't going to be a spot for me in that five-man rotation and uh, stunk really bad with the Angels. So uh, I think that kind of forced the hand to, to move me to the pen uh, at the time. Um, when I was acquired by the Pirates, you know, they told me that you're going to be in the bullpen for a little bit, you know, then we're going to get you some spot starts and hopefully get you back on your feet, back in the starting rotation, which, you know, all sounds great. And then um, just whatever role I was in at the time, I was doing pretty well, so they kind of left me there, and this has kind of <laughs> been like that ever since. What's uh, what's the biggest adjustment moving from starting pitching to relieving? I know cl a closer is is its own different thing there, but uh, what adjustments have you had to make? Uh, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, I think the biggest thing is just preparation each day. Um, you know, as a starter, you pitch one every five days, so you know sometimes one every six. So you have you have time to work on stuff in bullpens in between outings and, um, you know, kind of prep for that, that one day that, that everybody's looking at you. Um, but just as a reliever, you got to be able to go out there and post every day. And um, I think that that was the biggest adjustment early was just trying to uh, be consistent and be able to um, be sharp every time without having bullpens in between. Now we have, we have a lot of college baseball fans in this area as, as you well know, and, uh, so many of, of us are accustomed to this, this path of like six and a third innings, then set up guy, then closer. And I, I look at the uh, at some major league stats and, and it looks like four to five pitchers, sometimes more being used in most games. Um, what's what does the MLB see and how it uses its pitchers like that that that's maybe different about the college game? Well, I think we've kind of gone to more of an analytical approach uh, with baseball. Um, I mean, you have every statistic you could ever want in the world, uh, I feel like baseball has, and they're even making up new, new stats every day um, to help quantify how good a player is or what uh, situation you're supposed to call on a certain guy. So, um, I kind of love the days of the old workhorses. Uh, I came – I came up with the Giants, and we have, you know, Madison Bumgarner and Matt Kane 
Uh, Linscombe was there right before me. So, I mean, just being able to watch those guys go out there and compete, being able to, uh, even if they ran into some trouble in the, you know, fifth or sixth inning, being able to get get through that and then finish strong for those next one or two and then hand it off to the closer, like you said. So, um, it was fun to get to watch that. And I, I just kind of feel like we're going to a point where uh, third time through the lineup, the numbers say that the batting average increases a little bit, the slug increases a little bit. So, um, I understand, uh, you know, people are trying to win because at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to do is win. So uh, I just think it's kind of a part of the game right now. And uh, hopefully it'll kind of sway a little bit further back towards uh, letting these starters go a little bit longer. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, I've enjoyed getting to go out there every day and, uh, and pitch. So. How do you see managers balance the, uh, the analytics that you speak of and, and the feel of the game and, and situations that they see each day. I mean, do you see managers that sometimes uh, say, look, I, I know the book says this, but uh, uh, I like the way this guy's throwing right now. We're going to go longer with him or, or we're going to, you know, bring in a, a different guy out of the pen. I mean, how do you see managers balancing that? Yeah, I think that's the tough part because you got all the numbers in front of you that are saying, Hey, it's probably not the best idea for him to face this guy uh, right now, but you could have that certain feeling about the pitcher that's on the mound and, um, and know that he can get you out of that situation and just kind of saves some pitchers a little, for a little bit later on. So uh, I think that's the hardest balance that managers have now is because there's always numbers to, to back up why they're pulling guys, but not necessarily why they're leaving them in. Um, I mean, I know you saw probably watched the game last night where Scherzer gets pulled in the fifth and, uh, he's definitely not accustomed to anything like that. And, you know, it ended up working out for him. And then, you know, the one, one game all the way, you know, to the end there. But, uh, I know that he's, he's one of the workhorses that, that we've come up and we're accustomed to going really deep into games. So, uh, I'm sure he's disappointed with, uh, with what happened. But like I said, it's just kind of the way we're going right now. I know the closer role brings its own challenges. As we mentioned, what, what was the biggest, the toughest spot you faced this season uh, in that role, late in games, uh, just uh, what what was your experience like? Um, I, I just think you have to treat it like anything else. I know it's kind of a generic answer, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's just pitching, and you got to go out there and get your three outs. Um, sometimes I had had to go a little bit more than than the three outs, but um, you just have to approach it the same way, um, one one pitch at a time, and. Uh, it just makes everything a lot easier like that when you're not trying to focus on uh, the end goal with just uh, the process. Is is that a role you would like to see for yourself in the future, whether Pittsburgh or somewhere else, or or um, would you just be uh, con content with any role in the pen or starting? Yeah, I, I think that uh, some of the value that I bring is just being able to do uh, whatever's presented to me. So. Uh, I don't know if I'll necessarily be a closer. I, I mean, you you can look at some of these guys that are closing now. They're throwing a hundred. Uh, I don't. I'm not quite doing anything like that. But um, yeah, I think that just any situation, I, I pride myself in being able to go out there and um, just going to get out. So what, whenever that is, if it's starting, if it's relieving, if it's at the end of the game, I'm I'm ready for it. So what is velocity for Chris Stratton these days? Uh, I, I'm not real sure, honestly. Um, uh, I guess I'm 31 now, so I'll just take anything I can get. <laughs> well, is, is that something that, uh, 
uh, that comes and goes, or or, or, or do you reach a, do players reach a level and and uh, hey, they're throwing that fastball like that for a long time, or you know, how does the body change over years? Yeah, well, I mean, you got guys that you know they decline a little faster, and then some guys that kind of just stay steady. So, um, unfortunately, in the game that we play, there's not many guys that can go out uh, how they want to go out. So uh, sometimes guys have to tell you that you're not good enough anymore, and that's tough for some people to swallow. So, um, you know, hopefully, I can continue to uh, prep in the off season, and, and weight training is a huge part of that, and um, long tossing uh, and whatnot. Uh, helps keep you in shape. So uh, hopefully I can stay where I'm at and uh, continue on, on that path. Now I've read a lot about your slider. Uh, what pitch do you like to throw in, in a three, two count? It's a good question. It depends on the day. Um, I think that's the beauty of, I got four pitches. So that's the beauty of that. Some, some days it might be, I might not have a feel for my slider and it might just be a curveball or it might just be a fastball. Um, and, and that's something that the hitter doesn't know. So that's always nice um, that you can keep them guessing. Um, but I just like to try to be as unpredictable as possible and use everything that I have. It's, it's kind of, it's not ever easy to pitch, but it's a lot easier to pitch when you have everything working, but everything doesn't work the majority of the time. So you have to figure out what you're doing. So four pitches, how did you get to that level of, of having confidence in that many pitches? Uh, repetition. Um, I think just having good coaches along the way to help, um, lead me in certain ways. I know Butch Thompson, when he was at Mississippi state, uh, I didn't really want to throw a slider. I just had a, a fastball and a curveball and, uh, an okay changeup. But he told me, um, basically convinced me that I was throwing like this little cutter and ended up turning into a slider. So he knew what he was doing when he is, uh, presenting it to me like that. But, uh, it ended up helping me get drafted and uh, I help I feel like be successful early on. So um, so credit to him for for out coaching my my coaching mind that I feel like that I have. Um, but I appreciate all he's done for me. Chris, we were talking fans and relationships a little bit earlier. Um, what do you see in the social justice movement across uh, all pro sports and even college at, at some level is, has that uh, hurt the relationship with fans uh, in a way, or you know, what, uh, what what do you think on those things? I'm not sure. Um, to me, I, I don't know if anybody really cares what I think at the end of the day, um, it, regardless of what uh, what level I'm at. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's some you know changes that need to be made, and um, hopefully, we continue to to try to get better just as people just need to, to love one another. And um, I feel like that's what Christ would have us do. So um, it, at the end of the day, if we're, if we're living by the, uh, the good book, then uh, I feel like everything will take care of itself. Yeah. Amen. I, I do too. Uh, let's go back on the timeline here a little bit. A lot of kids start playing youth baseball early ages and they dream of uh, major league baseball. When did it dawn on you that, Hey, I've got a real chance to do this. This this could be a reality. Um, well, to be honest with you, I wanted to play college basketball because that's where my dad was the basketball coach, and um, that, that's just kind of what I grew up doing was playing playing ball with my brother. And um, I think I was about 
14, I believe, and I had to decide between basketball and baseball at the time. Just it was just a weird situation where I just really didn't have time for both. And uh, thankfully, I picked baseball. I definitely wouldn't have lasted very long in basketball. I probably could have gone to a JUCO or something for a little bit. But um, yeah, the Lord was looking out for me. Uh, I'm not really sure if I knew I was going to be a big leaguer till. Uh, probably when I got drafted, honestly. Uh, I mean, I didn't have a great freshman or, or sophomore year at Mississippi State. Just kind of had to – kind of got thrown in the fire with the rest of uh, with the rest of our class with, you know, Kendall Graveman. Uh, um, Chad Gerardo ended up making it to the big leagues. We, I mean, we just had a, a lot of guys there that uh, – I don't know if we were necessarily ready, but um, it, was, it was just time for us to start uh, learning. And uh, I'm thankful for my time right there. But – Probably not to my junior year did I think that I could do anything like that. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that it's it's less about an awakening for a guy and, and more about uh, a door opens here, an opportunity there, and, and maybe a collection of things to to put yourself in, in position. Um, would, would it be that way or, or is it uh, – you know, you, you, just, you talked about people along the way. I mean, I could, I could see just so many – so many kind of dots on the timeline, so to speak. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of dots on the timeline. Um, I think that there's some, there's a very small percentage of guys that are just so talented that there's nothing that's going to stop them. Um, but then there's the majority of guys that are in the big leagues that had to have had a perfect opportunity, like you said. Uh, just, you know, being able to pitch wherever they were at. Like, you never know if I'm not a starter at Mississippi State, where would I have been? Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of guys that I played with in the minor leagues that are way more talented than I was, um, but just maybe weren't as into it or, you know, situationally just didn't get the same opportunities as others. And i um, just really fortunate for what, what's been presented to me. What's, uh, what's your greatest Tupelo high school memory? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, it's just always the relationships that you build. Um, you know, I, I played on the same travel team growing up. We we're the Tupelo Wildcats. We we're the last, we we're like the last travel team before they became the Tupelo Rangers. Um, you know, everybody throughout. So a lot of those guys I played with when I was nine all the way up until high school, like Channing Walker, Evan Weibel, Joseph Kuhn, um, you know, Weston McCullough is a little bit older than me, but you know, just guys like Lex Rutledge, as a, I mean, one that was in my class. There's just a lot of guys that I've played with all the way growing up that we just kind of built that great relationship. So um, that's the stuff that you're going to miss. It, you know, baseball is is great, and it's, um, you know, it's a fun game. But at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to miss the most is uh, just the people that I've gotten to play with and the relationships I've gotten to make with some people that I would never have met before, um, just being able with pro ball and whatnot. Do you have text threads going, man, with uh, your Tupelo people uh, and your former state teammates? Y'all keep in touch? Uh, not as much as I'd like, but, uh, yeah, definitely keeping up with them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that everybody just kind of goes on with their life, and uh, you hope to get in touch with them soon. What did it mean for you to uh, watch Mississippi State uh, – finally not only get to the college world series but uh, bring home the title uh, i just think it was appropriate that it was in baseball uh, to finally get that national title um 
but yeah, I guess relief. I'm sure everybody felt a little relieved because uh, the teams have been so talented, uh, especially since I left. There's they've just been continually restocking. So uh, I think look, Coach Lamonis has done an awesome job, and um, I, I mean I, that stadium's unbelievable. Uh, it's been it was a cool one to go visit. And, um, they've been really accommodating to me and some former uh, players that have played there to to help us use the facilities and stuff. So I uh, just really appreciate it to them. So do your mom and dad, your family, uh, make it up to Pittsburgh very much? Yeah, that, uh, they got to come uh, two times this season. So, um, but yeah, I think my dad would travel around with the team if he could. Uh, just go watch BP and all that stuff. But, yeah, he really enjoys it. <laughs> 